Welcome to Kolisha, the podcast that gives Orthodox women a voice. Welcome back to Kolisha. This week, I'm really excited to introduce a wonderful guest by the name of Eliana Fine. Eliana is joining me from West Hempstead, New York. She is a wife, a mom of a three-year-old boy, and she is a medical student in her second year right now. Eliana went to Stern College where she got her BA in biology, and right now she's in her second year of medical school at the Renaissance School of Medicine at Stony Brook University in Long Island. And Eliana is an aspiring fertility specialist. So Eliana, welcome to Kolisha, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So Eliana, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your journey um, through medical school up to this point and also a little bit about um, where you plan on going from here. And, you know, there's a lot of women that uh, are in the from community who might have similar aspirations to you or people who are also going to school, you know, trying to work on degrees or careers that are challenging. And sometimes it's just really nice to hear from someone going through something similar or someone that might inspire you to do something that you've dreamed of for a long time. So I wanted to talk to you today about your journey and a little bit um, about your background and what it took to get to this point. So Eliana, can you tell me a little bit about um, your family, where you grew up, and sort of what gave you this idea to go to medical school? Um, is it something you want to do for a long time? Is it something you recently decided to do? Tell us a little bit about your background, a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I went to the local Bixacco School, um, Hebrew Academy of Cleveland, and then Yavna High School, which was um, its associated high school. And then I went to Benos Kava Seminary, and then I got married, and then I started Stern College. Um, growing up, I really didn't know any other from female physicians or trainees, meaning residents or medical students. Um, it's something that I always thought of in the back of my head because I really enjoy helping people. I've always volunteered for the Friendship Circle in high school and then camp, past, camp after camp. And then I did Kids of Courage. So I've always been um, helping in the specialties community and really loved it and wanted to help other people. But it was just a matter of how am I going to do that? Um, after high school, I actually took an EMT course um, a friend of mine wanted to take it because she was interested in going to nursing school and she wanted to take that course and she kind of convinced me to go with her and take it and I actually really, really loved that and that was my first like hands-on experience in the medical field and I knew from then on that this is what I want to do. Um, I guess in terms of career goals, I think originally I always wanted to be a party planner. And I still kind of do. And I always joke that in 10 years from now, I'd rather look back and think about how I wasted my time in med school and then just be a party planner versus wanting to, um, in 10 years, regret not going. Um, So that's kind of, I guess, a little bit about me. So when you became an EMT, did you then work as an EMT or volunteer as an EMT? No. Actually, I did it in the year um, right after high school, in between high school and seminary. And then I uh, went to seminary, so I couldn't work as an EMT like in Israel because I was certified in Ohio. And then I got married in the summer right after I came back from seminary. And then I moved to New York, which is where my husband was working. And then I got into college there, so that's kind of where we settled. And I was just very busy with my undergraduate classes, I didn't have the time to then go and work as an EMT. But it was, I really just enjoyed taking the course and I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity. Got it. So you went to Yavna High School, which is like an all girls, base Yaakov type of high yeah. school. And then you went yeah. to Benos Chava, which is of a similar kind of 
type. I mean, you know, it's like hard to put things in boxes, but also like a base Yaakov type seminary. And in between you became an EMT and decided that you wanted to go to medical school. So do you feel like um, your Jewish education and the high school and seminary that you went to um, prepared you well for the decision to go to medical school? Like, how did that play out? So uh, unfortunately, or maybe not unfortunately, um, it did not. So growing up, I just always remember all the teachers always saying, so one day when you grow up and you're a mother, one day when you're a wife, one day when you have children, um, there's nothing about one day when you have a career, one day when you go to college, one day when you um, decide what you want to do with your life. Not that like just being a wife and a mother is not enough. That's wonderful. And some people really enjoy that but then for some people that's not what they want and they want to go to college get a degree or have a career um so definitely they it was not something that was encouraged and I um I grew up my mother was a stay-at-home mother and she was the best um and all of my friends mothers were actually all pretty much stay-at-home mothers as well um I went to seminary college was something that was very much frowned upon um for me I'm very like I'm a very realistic person and I also knew that I wanted to be able to help other people I didn't just want to be a stay-at-home mom and I wanted to have a career so I would say like in terms of like preparing me like I think the like having that like background the hashkafa like gave me that solid foundation of Yiddishkeit but then in terms of making that decision to go to college was something that I guess I had to do like innately. My grandfather was a big physician, so I knew a little bit about medicine through him. He actually never really spoke much about medicine. Um, he was just like my grandfather. But he would always ask me like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And that was something that very much set apart from what I guess I've been told in high school or in seminary. There wasn't really much of what you want to do when you grow up. It was more like you go through the motions, like you go to high school, go to seminary, you got married, you have kids, and there wasn't really much after that. And then for those um, of us that decided to, I guess, go to college or have a career was something that we kind of had to navigate that path on our own. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way, like, from myself. Um, I had a very similar experience also in, like, a Beis Yaakov type school. And I remember when I was in 11th grade, I think it was, um, the high school principal came in the room and she had, like, a big stack of pamphlets. And she just sort of, like, dumped them down on the desk. And there was, like, only a few people in the classroom because maybe it was, like, recess time or something. So she just kind of, like, slapped down this big... um this big packet of pamphlets and she goes if anyone's planning to take the SATs here's the thing that you have to fill out and I was like wait like what what are the SATs like how do we do this and I was so I was like wait maybe I do need to take this do I need to take this and I literally had like no clue about it and I sat for the SATs with like no preparation which is funny to me because now like I know so many people who spend a ton of money on tutors because their SAT scores are like key for getting into their school which is going to determine the rest of their life's path and it's like this whole massive thing and I was like I don't know what this is okay I'll take it like and I just I sat for the test and it's funny because like I've never done well at math so I didn't do well on the math part but the rest of the part I guess I did like okay on and I it didn't wind up having like a huge impact on my life when I went to school but um I did find that like in college I I did struggle with certain things because like the school I went to for high school didn't have very sophisticated you know, science programs. And that was a huge part of what I did. Like chemistry background, we had pretty much none. Um, Biology was like super, super basic. Um, We never had a lab. When I went to uh, undergrad for my bachelor's, um, we had a chemistry lab. And I was like, what's a Bunsen burner? Like I literally didn't know anything, you know? So there was this huge learning curve that I had. And it's just, it's funny to me in hindsight, like, thank God I did okay. But 
you know, there, there was, there was this like huge gap between, and you know, what, what's interesting also, you mentioned how there's really only one path that you're prepared for. And I recently had this conversation with a friend of mine who she is uh, in her early thirties and she's not married. And she said that she was recently asked, um, on a, like a survey, like, do you think that your, uh, yeshiva education prepared you well for uh, sh- the shidduch scene, and she said no, because it never prepared me for any option other than getting married and having kids at a young age, and that didn't happen for me, and there is absolutely no other, like, course or path that you're prepared for being a possibility in life. Like she said, here I am, I have a great career, like I've been successful, you know, up to this point. And I did not follow the typical path of getting married right away and having a family right away. So like this was not something I was ever prepared for. So it's interesting that you bring that up because there's sort of like two areas where like maybe the yeshiva and the Siakov system need to work on like filling a gap there, you know, like not everyone is going to follow the same exact path. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And uh, one thing that you mentioned that your friend said is something that really uh, stuck out to me because I see it all the time with pre-med students who reach out to me um, or high school students interested in medicine. And their biggest concern is, um, so I want to get married. I just, I don't know who I'm going to marry. So, like, I don't know uh, if my, like, what my husband's going to want. Like, I want to do, like, a career that he wants me to do. Or let's say they say they want to have kids right away. And I'm just like, you don't know what, like, you don't know what Hashem has in store for you. And some people, it takes five, ten years for them to get married. Some people get married right away. And then it takes five, ten years for them to have children. So if you want to say, oh, I want to wait until I get married. Or I want to wait until I have, like, all of my children. Like, you don't know what's in store for you. So if instead of just waiting and waiting, if you just do it and take it one day at a time like right now I am not married or right now I'm not on my first kid or right now I don't have my second kid and just take it day by day like who knows in 10 years from now you might be at a place that you never expected to be at right I think that's very true so yeah there it's really important to just sort of like determine what you want to do rather than trying to plan your life in advance. Well, you have no guarantee that your life is going to go exactly as you plan. And and that goes back to that idea of that sort of ingrained in us, like you're going to get married, you're going to have babies, and it's not necessarily always going to work work out that way. So that's very true. But, you know, in your case, you know, you are um, a young wife and a young mom. So I'm sure that presents itself, you know, with a whole bunch of challenges being in medical school and having gone through through undergrad. So what's that like for you being a, a young mom, having your first kid and, uh, of course, having to tend to your home, your husband, all of that? What sort of challenges has that brought up for you in all this? Yeah, so actually, uh, I guess let me tell you a little bit about, um, a little bit more about my, uh, my educational path. So I... Uh, Went to high school, got um, went to seminary, got married, and then because I spent that year studying in Israel in seminary, I wanted to only take three additional years in college before medical school. So in order to do that, I had to go to school in the summer. Also, I got married right after seminary. In um, I came home and I got I got engaged in July. I got married in August. Don't ask. Wow, that's very um, fast. Yeah. So it just like ended up working out that way. Um, so because I got married at the end of August, I missed the opportunity to start my first college semester in the fall, which like normally like you start college like in August. So instead I took about six months, like that first fall semester, I took that semester off to, I guess, uh, figure out how to be married. Um, for the first six months, and then I started, um, I started undergrad in the spring semester, which starts like in about like I guess January time it starts. So, with that being said, for me to be in school for three years total, so six semesters, and then including um, that doesn't include the summer. So I went to summer school too. Um, so um, 
the point of me saying this is that I graduated college in um, in the fall semester. So meaning instead of graduating college in May, I graduated college um, in January. And so my my senior year of college, I got pregnant and I was studying for the MCAT and ended up taking the MCAT about two weeks before I gave birth. And then I had to finish that semester. Oh, well. So it was, yeah. So what was nice um, about that was that after I finished, after I finished college, I had about eight months in between finishing college and starting med school that I was able to be a stay-at-home mother. Um, it was, I guess it was definitely challenging figuring out like how to be a new mother and take care of a child um, while commuting. So I commuted to the city to school. I was living at Brockway at the time. And then um, and then it was really nice to have that break to just be a stay-at-home mom. Sure, and, and that must have been hard to go back to school for two weeks w- right after having a newborn, though. Yeah, I like, I honestly, it's such a blur. Um, I think that <laughs> beginning part always is a blur. <laughs> um, I think it was also, like, I, I took the MCAT. I knew I wanted to go to med school, so it was more like pushing like this is what I have to do and then I'm going to graduate and I'm going to get into med school I'm going to have eight months off to be a stay-at-home mother so just kind of like pushing through to get to that point and then so when I started med school my son was already about a year almost a year and a half and and then I think that was actually easier because like navigating like having your first child and like being a new mother is really difficult and I feel like it was nice to to have that to be passed that by the time I started med school because med school in and of itself is a whole new challenge so to have like a one and a half year old I feel like was a lot easier than maybe having a newborn yeah for sure Uh, yeah so now I am in my second year so my son is turning three next month Oh, cute. So, like, do you feel like you were you were prepared for these challenges, like, mentally and maybe emotionally, maybe hashkafically? Like, there's so many different areas. And, of course, I'm sure going in you had this idea, like, this is going to be hard. This is going to be a challenge. I don't think you were any un- under any illusions that it's going to be easy. But, like, do you think you had a good picture of what it was going to be like? Or were you, like, totally thrown for a loop? So, I don't know. I feel like, like, thank God I'm pretty, like, adaptable, like, my situation. Um, If someone would have told me, like, in high school or even in undergrad when I was pre-med, oh, you're going to have to study, like, so hard. You're going to have to wake up early and spend, like, eight hours a day studying in addition to going to classes or in addition to doing a rotation at a hospital. I'd be like, that's crazy. I can't do that. Um, in addition to taking care of a child and being a wife and hosting Shabbos and whatever other responsibilities that come along with being married and being a mother. Um, I would have been like, that doesn't sound like I want to do that. Like part of me kind of like, I also, I want to go to coffee with my friends. Like I want to have that like relaxed life. I guess though, once I started medical school, so I took out student loans in order to pay for medical school, and I feel like I want to be able to pay them back and uh, have my husband pay them back for me. And, uh, like, I'm kind of, like, too far into it to, to be able to quit. So it's kind of, like, on one hand. And then on the other hand, like, I also just, like, I really want to go to medical school, and I really want to have that, that ability and... Um, I feel like it's, it's such a it's such an empowering ability and something that is like I can't take for granted. Like to have this opportunity, hundreds and thousands of students apply every year to medical school, and about I think the number is like seven percent or something actually get in. So I have like a very like unique opportunity that I'm so grateful for that I want to be able to like finish and accomplish. And it's kind of like. 
I kind of feel like every day is a little bit of a like a challenge. Like, am I going to pass this test? Like, can I get through this day? Can I, um, like, I guess kind of like a game where, like, am I going to pass this level? Like, can I do it? Like, I guess I like to challenge myself, and this is kind of, um, I don't know if this makes sense. It does, and I think something that you said just before, like, it kind of alludes to a lot of things in life where like I guess I like to think of it a little bit like the hamster wheel like once you're on this wheel like you're not just going to jump off you just got to keep pedaling and pedaling until you got through it you know and like you 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 enter this mode of sort of maybe like a little bit of a survival mode where like yes it's really really hard and yes there's a lot of challenge involved but like you're in it like you said you you have to get through this now because that's your mindset you want to get to the end you have an end goal you want to pay off your loans yeah so it's like now I'm in it now I'm just going to keep going like you know I think like we do that so often in life especially as women right like even having kids right like a lot of people do it but it's not easy by any means and like when you're faced with you know it's the middle of the night and your baby's crying it's like well you just got to keep going because there's really no other alternative you know that's true no and I think like it's also super important to think about the long-term goals like my long-term goals is I really want to be able to help people I want to be able to help my community and give back to others and I really want to become an infertility specialist and that's going to take some like effort or a lot of effort and it's also very interesting because I don't know about I guess like the way you grew up or your high school or seminary experience but I feel like people weren't so motivated and it's very interesting to then be in an environment where it's kind of like nebby it's like do well in school like I just remember in high school especially like the English classes like everyone's like oh English English it's so nerdy like you want to do well in the Hebrew classes and people kind of pushed off the English classes yes and to go from an environment like that to medical school where people are so motivated like people do insane things like they do research they are phenomenal students they volunteer like people are actually like it's a whole new world so that's kind of like my environment now we are to my high school friends it's gonna be like a crazy thing but like I guess the way I see myself as a person to my classmates I'm like oh my god they're doing so many things like I'm not keeping up with that so it's kind of like like wherever you are in your environment you kind of like adapt Yes. And you've, you've suddenly been thrown into this environment with a bunch of overachievers. Cause if you think about it, like these, your, co- your colleagues now, or rather your fellow students now, like their whole lives have been planned around this. And so like ever since they've been, you know, in eighth grade and uh, freshmen in high school and juniors in high school, like they've been planning to want to go to medical school. So they've had to have top grades. They've had to join all these extracurricular activities and get on the debate team and be the science nerds and all these things. And like, they've really been so like involved in this for such a long time. And now all of a sudden you're coming from a basic environment and realizing like how different their lives leading up to this has been versus yours. And like, I, I didn't go to medical school. I went to nursing school, but I totally hear what you're saying because when I was in high school, also basically type of high school, the only thing that anyone really cared to do well in were the, were the Limu de Kodesh because pretty much everyone's only goal was to get into the seminary they wanted to go to. And I actually didn't go to seminary. It just wasn't going to happen for me. My, my, dad didn't believe in sending his girls to seminary really and I knew it just wasn't gonna be a focus of mine and I was I was not really that motivated as a high school student I was like okay whatever you know like I'll get through it it never occurred to me that I even could get really good grades because I never pushed myself because I didn't see I didn't know what I wanted my future to be and I didn't I just knew that I wasn't like having to push myself to get into a top seminary so I just kind of like sailed through. And then once I kind of decided what I wanted to do and really got motivated about it, I realized that I could do really well in school. And I never realized that I could do well before I started nursing school. And at that point, I started getting really good grades. And I was like, hey, this is interesting. And now what's funny is that at this point, compared to the rest of my class, I have probably one of the more advanced degrees and careers 
versus all of those girls that went to great seminaries, which is kind of funny. No, for sure. Something that I think about all the time is that I feel the, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I have. Um, but I, I really see this a lot, and it's something that, like, I guess I, w- I would love to hear your opinion on. I feel like people, like, going to college or going to nursing school or going to medical school or law school, like any advanced type of degree, like people don't even like think about, like it's not a goal of theirs where it's something that like, for example, like we don't think like, oh, I'm going to be able to fly one day. Like my goal is never to fly because like, do you like humans ever have wings? No. So like, it's not something I'm going to think about ever. Like that's not a dream of mine. So growing up, where there's no talk about going to college or having a career like people just don't think don't even think about it and those people that actually do decide to go like they had to make that active choice about it versus like oh yeah I'm gonna like go to college like because that's not really something that people do right yeah completely but in a way I'm grateful that I didn't have that much pressure all throughout my high school years like so many people do right like people who are like sort of molded into becoming medical students becoming doctors or like you know people that come from really academic families or like are pressured to have to go to an ivy league school so they always have to do well and there's this like constant pressure even from when they're very young like that's a lot of pressure on a kid and in a way, I'm kind of grateful that I did get to kind of chill out and enjoy my high school years and hang out with my friends and take it easy. And then eventually, although this wasn't the plan from day one, but eventually it worked out to where I buckled down when I really had to. And I did graduate with honors and I was able to go on and get my master's and all that and thank God have a great career. But, you know, I was able to do all that without the pressure all throughout my younger years. So there's that, you know, which is kind of nice. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. But one thing, though, that I think about is that, like, it worked for me and, like, it worked for you. But there are so many other students out there who don't even, like, have the opportunity to think about, oh, hey, this is something I might enjoy and this is something I might want to do because they were never given that opportunity. Whereas, like, if someone went to a school that, um, that did emphasize, like, I guess, getting good grades or going to college like they would have had so many other opportunities and doors open to them right they wouldn't necessarily otherwise have or at least present it as an option we're like hey this is something you could do if you wanted to right right so you know there's probably a lot of young women out there a lot of girls high school aged or you know maybe seminary age people who are thinking about what they want to do and like you said like they may have come from a more um, Basiakov or more insular kind of community where college is not encouraged, or maybe they they go to school where it is something that's encouraged, but they kind of feeling like maybe they want to put family first, or maybe they don't know if they could juggle so many possibilities at once. So, you know, what do, what kind of advice or what do you sort of have to say to a young woman who might be going through this um, this thought process or this you know, career preparation, career considerations, and they're thinking like, you know, maybe I do want to be a doctor, maybe I could do it, or maybe I want to be a lawyer, maybe I could do it. But going through a lot of schooling sounds really, really tough. Doing all this with a family sounds really, really tough. Um, and I know you said a lot of people reach out to you with this kind of question. What's, what's your response to those kind of questions that people ask you? So my response is always like you have to do what makes you happy and you have to like it's not a you have to like not think about anyone else like it it gets to a point in your life where it's not about what your friends are doing it's not about what your friends want it's about what you want and you have to make that decision and you have to be strong enough um if it's something that you really want to be able to to really like stick up for this decision in terms of like when deciding like to get married like who do you want to marry like a lot of, a lot of, um, one other thing you didn't mention is that a lot of pre-med students, um, who aren't necessarily married yet, their biggest concern is to death them. Like, <laughs> like, people are not going to want to marry you if you want, if, like, you say you want to go to med school. Like, that's kind of something across the board that hurts so many times that I guess it's, like, a thing, um, which is unfortunate, 
But is uh, is it a thing? I wonder why that is. Like, why would yeah. someone not want to go out with a girl who's in med school? It sounds like yeah, a great, I motivated girl, yeah. smart. <laughs> my response is always like, you don't want to marry that person. You don't want to marry into a family or want a mother-in-law that's going to not want you to go to med school if right. that's something that you do. And that the person that's right for you is going to be supportive of what you want to do. Like, that right. should be... Versus, like, other... other um, other women or girls they say like oh I want like my husband to help me make the decision like going to med school or peace school it's like no like you need to make that decision for yourself and marry someone that's going to respect that decision and that seems so obvious but I guess it's not (laughs) no unfortunately it's not um but I always say like also like we said before, you don't know what Hashem has in store for you. So you may like plan and plan and plan like, oh, you want your husband to help make this decision for you. But then you know what? Like, God forbid you don't get married for 10 years. Like you would have already been a doctor by the time like you've gotten married. Like if you just like stuck to what you wanted or right. in terms of, like having a family and like you don't think you're going to be like with your children enough or um I guess I don't know what but then in terms of that like you don't know like hopefully like you'll be able to have like all the kids you want right away as soon as you want them but sometimes that doesn't happen so it's really important to take life like one day at a time like right now am I married like should that be a focus in my decision making process right that's not the case or like having children like do I have children right now am I pregnant right now like and then take it from there don't take it in terms of like in like what you want your life to like pan out in the next few years because you really don't know what's going to happen um and then like my biggest advice also is you want to marry someone who's supportive of you like medical school is hard undergraduate it's like you're I guess pre-med undergrad is hard so there's so many times where a spouse can say, you know what, this is enough. Like, it's way too hard. Let's forget it. Um, if that happens, then that it's a lot easier because then you could just not go to med school, I guess. But <laughs> you want to marry someone who's going to support your decisions um, and someone who's going to, to make your life easier in terms of, like, meeting your goals. So you have to know what your goals are in order to find your right spouse, yeah. as opposed to trying desperately to find a spouse to help you then figure out what your goals are or to see if your goals right. align with his, you know. And I think there's, and it's interesting, I think there's a lot of pressure on girls in terms of getting married young and who they marry that they kind of, like how you said before, it's like getting into seminary is the goal. Like once you're finished, seminary or high school getting married is the goal and people will and I see that girls kind of change like their own personal goals based on like wanting to get married just because like maybe all their friends are or that's the pressure that they're feeling even if they generally like genuinely want to get married a lot of them like I don't know I think it's like a little bit savage but I don't think we're taught where the majority of us are taught to kind of have goals and stick to your goals. Like, people really, that's not something that's emphasized. So it's not something I, like, I would judge anyone for doing. Uh, but I just think that, like, I guess it's just life. Like, it's a little bit sad that that happens. Yeah, but, you know, you make a really good point because I think you're you're an excellent example of this for people to see. And then I think I wish it would be more mainstream and more promoted especially in in the school systems to empower girls who will eventually become young women and then you know moms and all that to to sit down and and analyze their own goals and come up with what they want to do independent of anyone else like yes you know, uh, our Jewish values encourage us to be wives and moms, which is all like super, super important. But we're, we're our own individual people too. And there are so many of us that want to be doing things in addition to being um, moms and wives. And I, in many, many cases, those goals make us better moms and wives. So we should be encouraging our girls to think about those things. And instead, we're creating, you know, back to this, we're creating this very narrow path without too many other open options for girls to explore and think beyond, well, what am I going to do 
um, you know, other than being a wife or mother? Do I want to do something other than being a wife or mother? Or if life doesn't pan out to me becoming a wife or mother quickly, what other options do I have that can give me fulfillment during that time? You know, like that's a very important thing to consider. Not Life doesn't always work out exactly the way you want. So yeah, I exactly. agree. That's really important. Yeah. So maybe it's like about making that choice, whether it's making that choice to get married, have children, be a stay-at-home mother. Like as long as you're making choices, which I feel like a lot of people actually don't. And it sounds silly, like, oh, make a choice. But people don't realize they have choices. And so then they just kind of live life or choosing to go to college, choosing to have a career, choosing to go to work. Um, It's just important to make those decisions and to take the time to think about how you have choices in life. Right. And I mean, this is a whole like other topic that I don't want to sidetrack completely from from, you know, our focus here. But just like to segue a little bit away. Um, I think it's really important for women um, and girls when they're younger to think about um, having an education because even if you get married really young, which you want to do, and have kids really young, which you want to do, and life works out exactly that way as the way you wanted it to, sometimes, unfortunately, tragedy happens and people can lose their source of income, you know, a spouse can pass away, and I think so this is something that I, I believe very strongly that women should at least have the ability to be able to earn enough money to support themselves and their families in the situation where they might really need to. And so, you know, being a wife and a mother are super important. But what if a woman then needs to go to work because they really, really need that money? And, you know, if she has a career and a background set up for her it might be easier for her to then support her family versus if she has no education or no chosen career and then all of a sudden she's thrown into the situation where what's she going to do? So that's just my own separate little thing. <laughs> uh, I think about this all the time, like especially like grow, like I grew up in a family, like I know my parents can't support me or um, like if something ever happens, like I want to be able to have that ability like for myself, like, for like god forbid which people are always like oh like don't think like that like that's so silly like but i i I guess i'm very (laughs) realistic no it's like buying life insurance i mean people buy life insurance not that they ever wanted someone to die young but you know it 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 happens and then there's that insurance policy in case of an emergency like that's the same thing you know right so that's how i look at it So, you know, you're basically you're juggling so many different roles here. And whenever I look at people who seem really busy and like really accomplished and they're doing so many things, like you said, like now you're hosting Shabbos and you're in medical school and you're a mom and you're a wife and you've got so much uh, going on, so many balls in the air. So I always like to ask people, like, what do you put aside? Like, what sort of do you allow to fall by the wayside? Because we're only 100% of ourselves and we can't give 100% to everything, right? We have to divide ourselves up. We have to prioritize. So what do you do um, to sort of take some of the pressure off? Like, do you have family to help you? Do you sometimes not make dinner or buy takeout? I don't know. What do you do when you're like stressed out and you have too much going on? Yeah. Well, I live in New York and my parents and my in-laws both live in Cleveland. Oh, wow. So I really don't have family nearby. Um, so that's, I don't have that much <laughs> to rely on. But we do, like I'm very thankful for, we have um, a live-in nanny that is really my teammate that really helps me with everything. And like I, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but in order for me to, I guess, have enough time in my day to study, go to school, um, come home, and spend time with my family, especially, like, take care of my son, like, put him to bed every every night, and so, like, I don't know if I said this before, but in order for me to have enough time in my day to go to school, to study, to um, spend time with my son, spend time with my husband, I wake up really early in the morning. And just to, like, add more hours to my day, especially because I I want Sabbath and Sunday, like, off where I don't need to study so I can just focus on my family um, because med school is hard and it is a sacrifice for my husband. 
And sometimes, like, we just, we need a day where it's, like, about spending time with each other when during the week we're so busy. Um, so I really, in order to, to be able to do that, I wake up early during the week to try to get all my studying in. And, and she also has me prepare dinner. So I would say that's something that I definitely have help with that allows me to be able to do everything that I'm doing. Um, also, I used to host a ton every Shabbos, like host like beautiful, elaborate meals. And that kind of stopped once I started med school. We don't see each other so much during the week that Friday night and Shabbos day became like really important to us. So sometimes I have guests and then I have to do the whole like five course meal. Then I get all fancy. But that list of stuff, like, is really, like, I, <laughs> I feel, like, embarrassed compared to, like, what I usually make when I host. But I'll just have, like, like a one-course meal for Friday night and have a steak, and that is it. So um, that's, that's your break yeah. for having a little bit of a downtime. But- yeah like (laughs) no it's important you know I think it's important and I think it's important for like people to hear the reality is that you can't do 100% 100% of the time like something has to give even though like and I I think we lose this a lot in social media because people don't want to hear other people like that and complain about how hard life is on social media so like you try to present the positive and you know be upbeat and present like you know a good a good face but at the same time then what gets lost is that there are a lot of challenges so you know and I think you do a good job of highlighting this too um but it's just important for people to hear and understand that like you know there's whenever you're doing something big or whenever you're doing something time consuming or that looks like glamorous or whatever there's always going to be challenges involved and like you always have to make decisions of like what you're going to let go you know and it's important to be able to do that so definitely 100%. All right, great. So one last question I wanted to ask you because I was super impressed about this. Um, You started a professional organization for Jewish Orthodox women. And um, I was really impressed when I learned about this because you are so early in your career and yet you started an organization that got buy-in from so many women, including some very seasoned doctors um, in our community, what inspired you to do that? And how did you go about doing it? Like, what gave you the confidence that you could pull this off at such an early stage <laughs> in the game? <laughs> sure. So it's actually a funny story. Um, I guess my driving force was recognizing that despite all that has been accomplished for women and growth worldwide, many still um, question their ability to commit to having a family and maintaining a firm lifestyle um, with their commitment to pursuing a career in medicine because it's a long journey and it could be um, very difficult. So like a lot of people don't necessarily feel like they can do it all. And a lot of people like growing up in a community like my own where there aren't any front female physicians or trainees around is that they don't even know that it's possible or they don't have the support system if they make the decision to go they are kind of they feel like they are paving the path for themselves or at least that's how I felt um, but I knew there had to be other firm physicians out there so I decided to start an Instagram to kind of showcase what it's like to be a firm woman and mother in medical school and to portray um, what it's like to be a medical with um, all the challenges that come along with um, being a mother and being married in medical school. And through that, I I really hope to inspire other girls and women who wanted to pursue a career and to kind of showcase that, like, if I can do it, you can do it. And I was so surprised to meet other from female physicians on Instagram, and the first physician I met was Dr. Mimi Knowles. Yeah, she's literally amazing. Like, she's who I want to be when I grow up. When I think of her, um, like she has four kids. She has her life in order. She's a well-respected, well-known physician. And we became friends on Instagram. And she also grew up in the Bisaka world. Um, sent her her boys to regular 
um, yeshiva schools, and uh, um, we became friends. And I was just so excited to meet someone else like me. And when I would talk to her, I would always like ask her, like, "We're like, are there any other like first female physicians? Like, I can't be the only one in medical school because I didn't. I grew up. I didn't know anyone. No one who I grew up with would have ever gone to medical school." So she introduced me to this Facebook group called the Front Female Facebook, and she invited me to this group, and I was shocked to see 400 members. I was like, wow, 400? Like, we are all of these women. How come I don't know any? And I always wanted to meet people in person, um, just like for the support to know that I'm not paving this path by myself. And so... I asked her, I'm like, do people ever get together? And she said that people, like, are so busy. People really don't get together. But I think a lot of people would like to get together because a lot of people don't know each other. They only know each other through this Facebook group. And so um, I think it was, it was almost a year ago now. Um, I think I had a break from school. I had a weekend off or something. And I messaged um, Dr. Noel. I said, would you be interested in getting together, maybe having some sort of networking dinner. We could all meet at like a kosher restaurant and, and it could just be really nice. And would you come and speak if like we do that so that it can like be an official type of get together? And she thought it was a great idea. She said yes, of course. And then there's this other physician, um, Dr. Machaba Maz, wow, who's a reproductive endocrinology and infertility specialist. Um, so she does infertility, and that, that is what I want to do. And I always wanted to meet her um, because I've uh, seen her um, in like different magazines and uh, Jewish newspapers doing like really great community outreach. And so I thought it was a great opportunity to reach out to her and say, "Hey, do you want to come to this like get together? Do you want to come and speak with Dr. Noel?" And and she actually really liked the idea, too. And she said, yes, of course, I'll come and I'll speak. So then I ended up posting on this Facebook group that I'm creating a get-together. Does anyone want to, like, help? And I got 30 responses of people saying that they really wanted to, like, meet up. Wow. So, um, and then also some physicians um, reached out and said they would love to help as well. And then uh, through that I guess conversation I got like a total of um five physicians to come and speak including um Dr. Noel and Dr. Maslow and those were um Dr. Mira Hellman she's a gynecologist oncologist and Dr. Sherry Neustein Rizal who's a pediatrician who actually started the Facebook group and um Dr. Anna Weinstock Neuberger who um, is a uh, oncologist and hematologist in Baltimore. Oh, another thing about me, I love web design and graphic design. So uh, when I went to make like a website, like I realized you can like buy a website domain that has a name like .org instead of .com. And I thought that was so cool. I was like, hey, why not make an organization? So it sounds like an official get-together so that people, like, show up and come to this dinner that we're, like, having. And so I reached out to them all. And I said, hey, would you like to start an organization and be on a board of directors? And be, like, a fake organization but that people will, like, think it's real and, like, come to this, like, dinner. And so then uh, they all were, like, they love the idea. So they all said yes. And then... I like created this website and we went back out like on Facebook and so that like um, I'm creating an organization does anyone want to be on an advisory board and uh, about 30 physicians and trainees like reached out and said they would love to be on an advisory board I think it's a really great idea because everyone said that when they went to medical school or like going through the training process, they didn't know anyone else. Wow. And so everyone wanted to meet each other and thought it would be a really good idea to be able to provide support to the younger generation who are going through it. And so 
that all happened within like 48 hours. Wow. <laughs> and then it was like, just like a conversation, like in his ground, like, hey, do you want to like get together <laughs> and like speak? Like, it could be really cool. And then like, it was just like a, a conversation like that. It wasn't like a whole entire like official, official thing. Um, and then we decided to like post on like Facebook that like we're starting an organization and like we're hosting an inaugural event. We, instead of like, this like dinner we literally were like what's a success it's like 10 people come that was like going to be our success 10 people other than ourselves who were like speaking on a panel and then within within five days a hundred people signed up wow at the start of the organization that's fantastic. Wow. I love that. I love that you were so confident in reaching out to, to people that you considered like role models and, you know, yeah. um, you didn't have any hesitation in doing that. And then it really grew into something amazing. And I know um, several physicians who are part of um, JOMA and who are very seasoned physicians and love the group and they feel like it's really filling a need um for for the from physicians so I think that's fantastic and you know congratulations for doing that I think it's like really gutsy and it's really amazing it shows that you're super motivated and um I really really want to thank you for giving me your time I know it's really valuable and you're busy with a hundred things um including running a professional organization while you're in medical school (laughs) um but I I really appreciate it because I think you know like we discussed it's so important for for women and girls to to know that there's so many options out there for them and that you know if you're motivated and if this is a dream that you want to do it's really something that you can do um and I think you're a great example of that so Thank you. I think you really are. Like, you're a great role model. And if anybody um, wants to see more about your story, they can find you on Instagram, right? Yeah. So your Instagram handle is mom.futuremd. And your story is really, really nice. And I like um, how inspirational your pages. So everybody can go follow Eliana there. And Eliana, thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. And good luck in everything you do. Good luck in the rest of medical school, being a mom, being a wife, doing it all. Thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on.